Welcome to That Thing with James J. Asher II. I'm your host, James J. Asher II. That's me. And this is episode 69, The Sex Number. Yes, today I have been doing this show for 69 episodes. How about them apples? And today I'm going to be talking about, you guessed it, weird sex shit. Um, I was fortunate enough to get some people to share some stories. Um, I'm not going to share their names, but I will share their stories as well as some of my own. So I'm going to be the only non-anonymous person, which, you know, I've been doing the show this long already. I've already said some shit that I, I probably, you know, any sane person probably would not have said about themselves on the show, but here I am uh, talking to to dead air in a room by myself, unless like the last episode, someone decides to come through to use the bathroom. Anyway, uh, yes, today for episode 69, the sex number, I'll, I'll be talking about sex and strange kinks I've heard about, strange kinks that other people have encountered, and the like. So I guess, since this is going to be mainly story-driven, I ought to start with a story of my own. Um, And if you watch all of every episode, I know you've heard this story before, but I'm going to share it again anyway. Because who knows, maybe there's Uh, someone new to the show, or maybe you've been following the show and you just missed this story Um, about the time I caused someone to have a seizure. I was, I think, about 18 years old, and I was uh, with the girl I lost my virginity to, and um, at the age of I think it was 17. I forget if it was 17 or 18 when I lost my virginity. But anyway, one day, her mom, and she only lived with her mom, her mom was not at the house. So I came over, like, after school or something, and um, and she wanted me to perform cunnilingus on her, so I did the cunnilingus. For those of you who don't know, cunnilingus means... Um, licking a vagina uh, many times, so then something happens to them. Hopefully that thing that happens is called an orgasm. And I thought I had earned an orgasm from her. Not not the way I think of it as like, um, you know, when you're engaging uh, with someone in a romantic way, don't try to think about what's in it for me, um, like talking from your perspective, I'm not, you know, engaging and thinking about, oh, yeah, I want to finish. James wants to finish. What can I get out of this? No, 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 no. If you want to do it right, you got to focus on the other person and make sure they get what they want. You know, you get off by getting other people off, that kind of a thing. That's what all the great lovers throughout time have known. 
the Don Juans of the world, uh, the Jeffrey Epsteins, the, uh, the Alan Dershowitzes of the world, you know, you got to get off, get someone else off to get off. That's the way it works. I'm not comparing myself to Jeffrey Epstein nor Alan Dershowitz, but I may be comparing myself to Wes Lexner. Les, Les, yeah, Les Wexner. If you don't know who the fuck I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Epstein thing, and I'm fucking hooked on it. And maybe I might do an episode about that, um, but that's not for this episode. This is, this is the not... Uh, manipulative or traumatic or um, coercive sex episode. This is consent episode. Um, if you don't know about like the whole Epstein thing, like, yeah, you may be familiar with the meme of like Epstein didn't kill himself, which I he fucking didn't. And Lady Ghislaine Maxwell. And yes, her first name, though funny spelt, it is 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 pronounced Ghislaine. Um, she was arrested recently. And a lot of the podcasts I listen to are just going nuts over it. And there's one podcast in particular, if you really want to learn about the whole Epstein thing, the ins and outs of it, and it gets so fucking crazy. Um, I'm not like one of those people that watches like 2020 or a whole lot of true crime stuff. Uh, it usually doesn't just like grab me, but the Epstein thing does grab me and it implicates a lot of people who are very relevant in all of our lives. Um, but a great podcast to listen to. It's very funny, very entertaining and just so bizarre. The stuff they end up covering is called true Anon. It's a, uh, the title's a play on Q Anon, but True Anon. Um, it's hosted by Liz Franzik. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. And this guy, Brace Belden. And I believe they both live in San Francisco. I know for sure Brace does. Um, but anyway, yeah, if you want a really entertaining podcast that talks a lot about the Epstein thing, True Anon. T R U E A N O N. True Anon. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Well, anyway, yes, this uh, story, the sex story that you may have heard from me already was I was over at uh, sort of girlfriend at the times, the girl who took my virginity. Uh, but, you know, one day I go over after school or something. It's just uh, me and her. And I perform cunnilingus on her. And she starts like quivering, like her thighs start quivering a little bit and she's like moaning and her eyes are rolling back in her head. And I'm just, you know, keeping on with the cunny and going and, and I see her eyes rolling in the back of her head and the thighs quivering. And I'm like, yes, yeah, I made her come. I'm making her come keep going. So I keep going and her eyes stay rolled in the back of her head and her jaw sort of lolls open and her whole body just starts quivering and shaking quite intensely. And that scared me. You know, I thought, oh shit, yeah, she's having a really hard orgasm. But then the shaking lasted a little too long and her eyes never rolled back forward. 
And that's when I realized, I think something might be amiss here. So, of course, I stopped licking her vagina. And, uh, you know, I, I get out from my head out from between her thighs. And I'm like, hey, name, name. I'm not going to tell you her name, but I was saying her name. And she wasn't responding. She was just laying there limp after a very intense uh, quivering, shaking spell. And, um, I mean, she was totally limp, like a rag doll, like she was dead. And I got very scared. I, I, I shook her lightly, said her name. She didn't budge, just still a rag doll. I shook her even harder, said her name even louder. No response. I started gently tapping her face. And then I tapped a little bit harder. I didn't slap the shit out of her, but I tapped hard enough to wake up a, you know, a regular sleeping person. She did not come to for what felt like way too long. And I was so afraid that she was dead. Till eventually her eyes opened and rolled forward again. And she took a deep breath and kind of regained control of her body. And uh, she looked at me very bewildered. Uh, I think we were both bewildered looking, actually. And she said, James, what are you doing here? And I was like, um, I've been here for an hour. How long have you been here? I've been here an hour. And she notices that she's not wearing any pants. And I'm in my underpants. And she gets upset understandably so. And she's like, what's happening? And I said, we were making out and you wanted me to uh, perform cunnilingus on you. And so I did. And then I think maybe you had a seizure. And she got uh, very mad at me, which, you know, people tend to get mad when they're confused and scared. So she got very mad at me and told me to leave. Uh, and so I did. And uh, never came back. Actually, that's not true. I, I did end up coming back. But if I were smarter, I wouldn't have come back long before that <laughs> cunnilingus seizure. Because um, she was crazy as shit. Um, but if I were wiser, I would not have been as young as I was. Uh, so it was a little traumatic at the time, but it's funny now. I laugh at it and I can say, with in all honesty, I can make you come so hard you will have a seizure. Okay, with that, let's get in to some stories some people sent in. Let me find some here. It'll take me a moment. People contacted me on a number of different platforms. Uh, some people contacted me on the gram. Some people contacted me on the book. Or some people emailed me. And if you ever want to email me with a, a story you want to share, uh, with an idea for a story or a subject you would like to see me cover here on the show, or if you just want to say hi, feel free to email me anytime at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. Once more, 
the email me at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. Okay, pulling up our first anonymous story. Okay, here we go. So, a couple years back, I met one of the lead guitarists for a very well-known band, and he's a very well-known musician. Uh, Don't say his name because he can be looked up. Well, we started chatting casually, and then our texts turned sexual, and that's when I found out about his, quote, Jesus Christ, my fucking neighbor is always on her phone. Really? You don't say. Hold on. We're going to have to re-record this part. This fucking loud-ass neighbors need to go away. All right. Okay, so let's let's get, skip back a little bit here. We started... Okay, so this person is talking to a guitarist for a very famous and well-known musician. Jesus Christ, these fucking people. You know, I've had just about enough of this shit. I'm a professional... And it would be quite nice to not have to put up with loud-ass fucking neighbors. Jesus. Okay. Are they gone yet? Oh, it's a daughter and a mom. They're fucking yelling at each other. Okay. Okay. I think they're down the stairs now. Let's start this fucking story over again before we were so rudely interrupted, shall we? We shall. Okay. So... A couple years back, I met one of the lead guitarists for a very well-known musician. We started chatting casually, and then our texts turned sexual. And that is when I found out about his, quote, unquote, doggy kink. He suggested that I be locked in a kennel, fed wet dog food, walked on a leash, and only communicate in barks. Needless to say, I am not a big fan of bestiality, and their relationship did not last much longer than that. Wow. Anonymous person, thank you for sharing your story. Um, Yeah, so some people have dog kinks. Uh, I have definitely, um, I've certainly never look at porn, especially uh, not to find um, ridiculous, overacted porn audio to use at the beginning of this episode. But I may have heard from a person who heard from a person who said they have definitely come across some pornographic videos where one person or another is in a dog kennel and they're doing the exact same things that this person in this first story talked about did you hear that firework go off oh and more fireworks Uh, did these people not get my fucking public memo before every episode i send out a week in advance uh in a one mile radius that i'm going to be recording and that everyone else needs to shut the fuck up and i make sure everyone gets the memo dogs cats squirrels 
There was one wild cat outside. Jesus Christ, that's like a fucking gunshots. My first apartment I lived in in this town, there were gunshots all the time. And this sounds like gunshots, but it's not. These are just fireworks because this is an quote unquote up and coming neighborhood. If you've listened to this show long enough, you know that's my code for saying uh, in the process of being gentrified hood neighborhood. Anyway, um, yeah, so there's videos of like this doggy thing, and apparently some people are into the doggy thing uh, in, in many different ways. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of furries. If you don't, if you've never heard of furries, look it up. Uh, it's like furies like from, I guess, like ancient Greece or, or, or Norse mythology or whatever, but add an extra R, so it's furries, F-U-R-R-I-E-S. And uh, you will find people in furry, uh, cartoonish-looking animal costumes. And uh, some people like to fuck while wearing these costumes. Some people like to get fucked while wearing these costumes. And some people say they just like to wear the costumes, um, but not fuck or get fucked in them. And that they wear it for uh, some other reasons that are not sexual. But I don't buy that shit. Because even if, you know, there does not need to be penetrative or penetrating sex for something to be sex. I mean... Uh, it's a pretty broad term you can use for, you know, whatever gets you off. And getting off may not mean necessarily um, manipulating your or other people's genitalia or, or bodies in any way. Or perhaps maybe you're just manipulating your body by putting it into a furry, car furry cartoonish looking animal costume and then just feeling really sexy and coming your furry little pants. Well, some people, there's like videos of this shit, like on YouTube. It's not like the, the doggy porn that the person I heard from the person that heard who may have come across a, a doggy porn video. And it's not like talking about a person fucking a dog or getting fucked by dogs. Although I wouldn't, I, I would not doubt whatsoever that a, a wealth of videos exist on the internet of people fucking or getting fucked by dogs are out there. Um, but, you know, putting a person in a dog kennel um, or, or dressing them up with like cat ears, you know, like a sexy anime cat girl, you know, might just like sneak in your room at 3 a.m. Like, <laughs> that's fucking weird. Who would ever fantasize about that? <clears throat> Dogs, uh, you know, the people's in the kennel and then they put the penis in or whatever and then or they make the make them eat the ass through the kennel cage and then, you know, eating dog food and yeah, being walked around on all fours with a leash and a collar and all that sort of stuff and then barking and some people get off on that, man. And I'm not here to kink shame and I'm not here to slut shame. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a kinky slut as long as it's with you know, consenting adults. And as long as it's not abusive or coercive or uh, manipulative in a coercive way. So, yeah. And then there's also other videos I've seen from like other YouTube shows and podcasts of people talking about people who will dress up in like 
leather dog outfits and they will fashion like a leather mask to put over their head to look like a, like a, a Doberman or something like that. And, uh, and that gets into more like the, the BDSM, like the bondage, um, you know, just the bondage sort of thing, chains and leather. A lot of these people involve chains and leather and these dog outfits and they will just hang out as dogs. And, uh, you know, they, they go through like a sort of transformation and they will piss they will piss on stuff. I mean, there are people who will just like buy a warehouse and rent it out for groups of these people who have this like uh, dog kink where they feel when they put on the outfit, they transform into a dog and they really like it. And some people swear up and down that it is a, not a sexual thing for them. But I think they're fucking lying because about half of the other people that they associate with say, oh, of course it's sexual. Uh, even if we're just pissing on each other like dogs, yeah, it's sexual. So that exists. And I also just remembered one time when I was like 13, by this point I was um, living out in the middle of nowhere, out in the country in Oklahoma, and my dad and I were out for lunch. We got some burgers at a joint called you know, Boomerang. If you're from Oklahoma, you know what I'm talking about. Well, we got lunch at Boomerang, uh, drove back out to the house, and we have a long driveway. And pulling off of the main, pulling off the road onto the driveway, right at the beginning of the driveway, at the beginning of the yard near, near the uh, dra- off, you know, drainage ditch were two dogs, uh, a female and a male. And their hind quarters were very close together. How they, however, they were standing facing opposite directions. And my dad stopped and said, look at that. And I was looking and I could not figure out what the fuck was going on. It was like they were trying to walk in separate directions, but they were unable to because something was up with their hind quarters. And my dad said, oh God, those dogs are hung up. And I said, what do you mean hung up? And he said, well, um, the, the boy dog got his penis stuck in the vagina of the girl dog. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, that happens to dogs sometimes. They get stuck. And these ones are really stuck. And they were, after he said what the fuck uh, being stuck was, I I, kind of saw what he was talking about. And it was disturbing. The dog penis was stuck in the dog pussy. And the dog with the pussy was trying to walk one direction, like away from the, the penis. And the penis was stuck in there. So the boy, the male dog would yelp and then back up and walk toward her. And it was like this for a full two or three minutes, just watching these dogs, especially the male, in complete misery and pain. And it was fucking disturbing until finally, I guess he got flaccid enough and she got loose enough that the dogs now stressed out, stretched out sore dog cock flopped out 
and so there was f- some liquid, some fluids that you know splattered around. It wasn't blood. I can tell you that much. And uh, they both ran the fuck away from each other as fast as they could in opposite directions. And um, yeah, so that image is stuck in my mind. I'm going to go take a water break. I'll be right back after this short break. And I'm back. During my little break, I was trying to think of some of the other unusual kinks I've heard of. And one of the funnest I've heard of is gigantism. Yes, gigantism. I saw a video one time, like a doc, not like a porn video. I haven't yet to find a gigantism porn video, but I have yet to really search for it. But I saw this like short little video about it. And uh, it's a thing where the only context I have for it is the short doc documentary that I saw of it about um, it was a guy who um, pays women to act like they are gigantic. And he just gets off on it. He wiggles and squeals and comes his little dick off uh, at the idea of these women acting like they're giants, like Godzilla size. He will have little toy cars and little toy towns and stuff and have the woman wear some like high heels and a tight short dress and stomp on these things and walk around like boom boom and he just squeals and he's like you're a giant you're a giant and she's like i'm a giant i'm huge and he just uses his thumb and his index and you know jacks his little dick off and goes oh you're so big it's a real thing look it up gigantism what's another one uh there's the balloon popping or just balloon squishing that one's actually not that uncommon um i um i have seen some videos of that where you know, it's just a woman. It could be a bare ass, could be a not a bare ass. It's always, it seems to be, I mean, it's not always, but more often than not, it's the guys that I've seen who have the really unique kinks. And so some guys uh, derive sexual pleasure from um, watching women um, use their their buttocks to sit on an inflated balloon and, you know, squish it so it bulges out. And then some guys like it when the balloon pops. However, some guys dislike it when the balloon pops. Some guys actually cry. Legit tears. They are fucking genuinely broken when that balloon pops. They just wanted it to squish. They were almost at the peak they were almost at the climax but then the balloon popped and they cry and send the woman away how could they pop it <laughs> you popped the balloon <laughs> and then there are videos uh, of women farting and then talking about how stinky their farts are or like a guy sticking his nose up on the woman's bum even if she's wearing like some jeans and then she farts and he sniffs it <sighs> Oh, God, that's so stinky. Oh, it's so gross. 
and they get off to it. And then there's other videos of women farting onto cakes. Now, there's a couple different cake ones. There's somewhere a person sits on a cake, finished frosted cake, sits on it and squishes it with their buttocks. And then there's other videos where, you know, the person <clears throat> farts onto the cake and the blast of gas from the ass uh, just projects the, the icing off of the cake. And that gets some people off. Um, and then there's infantilism. Some people like to, you know, feel like a baby, uh, you know, wear diapers, be in a big crib and act like babies. And, um, you know, I'm not going to get into the psychology behind it because I've not really studied the psychology behind it. I can guess the psychology behind it, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm just going to continue uh, reading some stories that people sent to me. So there was one in particular about a kink that I'm going to read about. This person writes, this is the story of how I got sober. I was in a basement apartment in Massachusetts, smoking a Vicodin off of a foil with a man whom I severely disliked. But at least I wasn't, I, I wasn't getting fucked up by myself. The literal embodiment of a douchebag. He was as fond of me as I was of him. And we often got into screaming matches with each other. The actual residents of the apartment, mutual friends, had gone to sleep. So it was me and Dr. Douchebag left awake, smoking pills, eating K-pins, resin blasting, and fighting. As the night went on, we started watching Discovery Channel and relaxing. At some point, he looked over at me and sluggishly choked my neck, slurring, Do you like that? His eyes going cross and half-closed. I was bored and high as fuck with a try-anything-twice mentality, so I told him yes. Within seven minutes, we were full-blown hate-fucking each other. His dick reflected his ego. Enormous. I was on top, punching him in the face and writing him like my life depended on it, all while occasionally popping pills into both of our mouths while he slapped and choked me, taking an occasional smoke break when I would flick my ashes onto him. Fucking hot. Um, I was relatively happy with the state of what was going on, even though we hated each other. And I almost felt like we had a mutual understanding. We That all came to a screeching halt when he looked up at me, stared deeply into my eyes, and asked, Do you want to shit on my chest? For the first time in my life, I had no words, no thoughts, and no witty comebacks. This vile piece of trash wanted me to shit on his chest. A small part of me was half tempted to to uh, a small part of me was half to hella easy for me to say a small part of me was half tempted to in a way of degrading him to oblivions but my quote-unquote rational i use that term loosely here lots of pills brain kicked in and said 
don't do it. It's what he wants, and you don't give him that satisfaction. In that moment, I surveyed my surroundings and came to the crushing realization that at some point in my life, it had taken a turn. Wait, Jesus, I'm fucking this up. I surveyed my surroundings and came to a crushing realization that at some point, my life had taken a turn and I made enough bad decisions to lead me to this moment. I was at a crossroads. If I took a poo on this man, there was no coming back. So I made my decision. I dismounted from Dr. Douchebag, put on only my shoes, grabbed my clothes and bag under my arms, and walked out of that apartment buck naked with the last shred of dignity I had. I walked out to the January snow, got into my car, got dressed at the last of my pills, and parked outside of the building of the new job I was starting the next morning. Other than a singular one-night stand with Coke, I have been sober for nearly a decade because of Dr. Douchebag, and him asking me to shit on his chest. Well, thank you, Anonymous, for sharing this great story. Um... Speaking of getting shit on, have you ever heard of um, Norton antivirus? If you've dealt with computers for some time, at least since the late 90s, early 2000s, you've probably heard of Norton antivirus powered by McAfee. McAfee is the name of this guy. I think his first name is John John McAfee. Um, there's a really crazy documentary about that guy getting away with a few murders. Um, I forget where, I think it was in Central America, maybe. Um, but the guy is absolutely nuts. And there are a number of women who say they were his maids when he was living at a really nice house there. And he had this hammock in the backyard and this hammock had a little, well, not a little, but it had a hole in the middle of it. And not just like, you know, it was one of those like flush things, not just like, you know, a net hammock. It was a flush hammock with a hole cut in the middle of the, uh, you know, the, the hammock cup, whatever the fuck it's called, the hammock, the hammock. And um, according to these women who worked for him, he would offer to pay them a lot of money to shit on his face. So, and, and it was, they talked to a few different women and they all had the same story that he would pay them quite a lot of money to get up in the hammock to hold their poop in all day and maybe the day before. And um, he would lay down under the hammock with the hole just above his face. And they would squat down and take a shit through that hole onto his face. And, um, you know, that's what the rich and powerful are into, man. Weird fucking shit. (laughs) I can't remember the name of this documentary, but you got to watch it. Look up John McAfee. Um, 
I I think it's spelled M-C-A-F-F-E, McAfee documentary, and um, be prepared for a wild ride. Okay, on to the next story. This one comes from Anonymous, and they say, I think the first time I had good sex, I was on ecstasy. I had never had an orgasm with another human at that point. And while I don't do that sort of thing anymore, I think hopefully they're just talking about the ecstasy, not sex in general. And while I don't do that sort of thing anymore, it opened me up to seeing that sex could be passionate and intimate and that I wasn't, it wasn't just a means to an end. That person also introduced me to kink with handcuffs and pain. So a cat of nine tails, pain and dominance have been something I crave at times now, especially the pain, because I feel calm afterwards. It releases all the anxiety, and afterwards I'm as calm as a kitten. It also helps with my PTSD to experience pain because it brings me into reality. And knowing I'm with someone I trust entirely who will hurt me in a safe way. Because after years of abuse, pain reminds you that you're alive, if nothing else. Thank you for sharing your story, Anonymous. Um, interesting that it involved ecstasy and led you to a realization that um you know sex can be an enjoyable experience it's not uh it's not necessarily like a you know uh ego power thing this person's got the power that person's got the power i mean on sure on some level it could be but it i don't think it's always that um not like certainly not on a conscious level if you're intellectualizing sex while you're doing it you're doing it fucking wrong um but also um ecstasy has been shown to have really really good practical clinical applications for people who have ptsd it um, uh, you can find this shit online. It's like actually clinically studied, I believe in Europe, um, where MDMA ecstasy, um, helps open people up and it helps sort of like release tensions and release endorphins and stuff that person might've, you know, stuffed down from the, uh, tensions and stuff like that. Um, it helps open people up and feel love again. And I think that's the key thing is that it, it's not like a magic key. I think the magic thing that it does is make you vulnerable to love. And it makes you vulnerable in general. Um, and they found that it, it really helps people who have been abused um, or who have any kind of PTSD. It even helps with you know, combat PTSD and veterans, combat veterans. Um, and, and that's the key to life in general. And especially that's a very challenging thing that some people just 
really struggle with when it comes to lovemaking, but even at large when it comes to relationships in general, be they intimate romantic relationships or just friendships, um, or certainly even relationships with oneself. Um, being vulnerable is the key. Um, because in order to be vulnerable, you have to let your guard down. And in order to let another person in, in order to have any kind of real connection with another person, um, you have to let your guard down. And that's the only way to let them in. Take off your armor, you know, be vulnerable. Um, and that's also part of like what helps a lot of people and what, uh, a lot of people are attracted to through um, various kinks um, is that it requires a level of vulnerability that perhaps in, uh, in you know average everyday going about your business way um, you don't really get a chance to become so vulnerable. Um, I once was friends with a dominatrix and she said most of the time, like 90% of the time, she never did any sexual acts. She like hardly ever had sex with the clients. She hardly ever had to like touch or, or, you know, masturbate the clients. It was all men. And the majority of her clients were executive types, you know, who, are in positions of power and they would pay her to feel powerless. They would pay her to take the power so that they are subservient. And that's what helped them. I think it's a type of therapy, um, sex work. Um, so yeah. Mm -hmm. And what else? The pain thing, I get that. I get that. I used to hurt myself when I was younger. Um, and the way I looked at it was that I had so much internal pain, mental, emotional pain in my soul. Um, it was miserable. It's You can't stand it. It's so intense and you cannot run from it. You cannot hide from it because it's inside of you and not even in a material way, not even in a physical way. You can't point to it and say, ow, that's where the boo-boo is. You can't put a patch on it. You can't get it sewn up. Um, and when you're experiencing really intense um, internal um non-physical pain, sometimes feeling physical pain, um, it helps you clear your mind because it gives you something real, something physical that you can focus on so that the, the formless pain inside you is kind of drowned out, at least for a little bit. So I get that. Um, I don't think it's the most constructive thing um, I don't think it's the most healthy thing to hurt yourself. But what I'm saying is that I do understand why. You know, I understand the draw to it. Well, yeah.
ecstasy. And then I got a like a post message from that person saying, I hope you know who that person was. And the thing is, I used to date that person. And I'm pretty sure she was talking about me. I've never had a cat of nine tails. But we probably, you know, did have rolly sex. <laughs> if you've never done it and you get a chance, I, I do not condone it. That's illegal and it's sinful and it's bad. And you know it's bad because if you do it, it feels really fucking good. On uh, you know, on a physical level, on a soul level, man, it's great. Okay, onward. Let's read some more stories here. Okay, here's another from anonymous. Hey, James, I want to tell you what happened to me while at the college we both went to at the same time, and I still can't believe that it happened. My sophomore year during spring break, I remained on campus and was bored out of my mind. I was on gay.com in the chat rooms just seeing who was on. Well, this really cute Mexican guy started chatting with me. We had chatted before, but tonight he asked if I was horny and wanted to hook up. I told him I would, but couldn't do it at my place since visitors were not allowed inside the dorm rooms. He told me that we couldn't go to his place because he still lived with his family and they didn't know he was gay. But he knew of a place that was private, so I agreed. I got ready and packed my X-Acto knife with me in case I needed protection. I met him off campus at Main Street. We drove off and headed away from town. He kept telling me to not tell anyone that he was gay. I told him I wouldn't. We drove onto some dirt road, and he pulled into a small clearing. He asked me if I minded being the bottom. I told him I didn't mind, but that I hadn't bottomed much. He told me that he would go slow. We ended up trading blowjobs inside his car, and then he asked if I was ready. I told him I was. He asked if I had protection. If not, he had some. I told him that I did have some. We got out of his car. I thought he was going to get in the back seat, but instead he just turned me around and told me to bend over and grab my ankles. He put a condom on and tried to enter me but he couldn't get inside me, so I tried to help him out. I finally got him lined up and told him to go slow. He slowly started, but when he went to pull back, he pulled out too far, so far that he came out of me. I tried to get him back in, and he started thrusting into me. I told him he wasn't in yet. I could feel his dick stabbing me, and when I tried to reach back and get him back in, he pulled my hand away. He kept on thrusting back and forth, faster and faster. He ended up coming. He pulled away from me, all satisfied like he had had the best sex of his life. <laughs> I myself was in pain and disappointed. We got dressed, and he dropped me off close to campus. I went and took a shower and checked out my ass in the mirror. It had a red spot where he had fucked me, which turned into a small bruise. 
He had fucked me at the bottom of my right butt cheek. He found me online two weeks later asking if he could hook up again because he had never had an orgasm like I gave him. I told him no because I didn't want my other butt cheek bruised. That was the one and only time I hooked up with him. (laughs) Wow. That must have been a pain on the ass. You know, I think I might have done something similar before, although I didn't hump a dude's butt cheek, but I've definitely um, been like in a gal's like thigh or something thinking I was in. But I stopped when she said to stop saying like, dude, you're not in. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Albeit, it's hard to tell when wearing a condom, which you should wear a condom because that's safe sex and you should practice safe sex, even if it doesn't feel as good. All right, next story. Uh, This one is from Anonymous. This person says, okay, uh, and this person and I went to high school together, just for some context, because you're going to need it for this story. This person says, okay, so I'm a high school senior um, living life on the wild side. And as you may know, seeming we went to the same school, we had off-campus lunches, which we did. It was pretty sweet. We had off-campus lunches. Um, I took full advantage of them so I could sneak off to go smoke a little and head to home ec, make a cake, and enjoy the rest of the day in a slight daze. I do need to back up real fast. I had to have a surgery, quote, down there, end quote. It was minor, and yes, everything works just fine, but the, but that story can be for another day. Okay, so I just had this surgery done, and it's only been one day, so I'm still very sore, but went back to school anyways. I went to lunch, smoked my truck out on the way to Taco Mayo. I get there, and normally I would go into the drive-thru, but I really needed to change the gauze, so I went inside the bathroom. Again, I'm super sore, but need to repack my wound. I did it, and it hurt like hell. I do remember saying a very loud, fuck me, when I came out of the bathroom. Everyone was kind of looking at me, but fuck it. I just left, you know? Well, I get back to school, and I hear my name over the loudspeaker to come to the principal's office. So I head up. Uh, thinking that he just wanted to bitch about something. I don't know. Our principal was a real bitch. I hated that guy. Everyone hated that guy. He's a fucking asshole. Um, Well, I walk into his office, and it's not the principal sitting there, but your mom. My mom was the school counselor. Uh, Your mom sitting there with a slightly different look on her face than normal. I had been to her office many times before, but we were in the principal's office this time. She then had to find the, I guess, right words to say to me. The silence was so awkward, so she just let it rip. She said, Did you yell to have someone fuck you hard in the bathroom at Taco Mayo? 
end quote. I, of course, am stoned out of my mind. So I don't know if she was being for real or not in that moment. She then stands up and comes around the desk and says, as a teen, I did some crazy things too, but you are way too beautiful to let such bad things come out of your mouth and to do a sexual act in a public place is not a good look. I was just so, end quote, I was just so, so, so embarrassed. I now knew she and whomever told her that they thought I was having sex in the bathroom. So my face goes very, very red. And I explained to her that, well, I explained to her what really happened and why I did kind of scream, fuck me, but made sure to let her know that the word hard was never used. <laughs> anyway, she is now embarrassed too. She really couldn't have gotten on to me because it was off campus, but she just wanted to give me guidance because she is a good woman. So I'm now thinking I can walk back to class and be good to go. But I walk out of the office and there stands your dad. My dad was the English and theater teacher at the school as well. There stands your dad, who wants to know why the lead in his senior play is in the office. So I tell him the story and whatnot, and he laughed it off and made me feel better. And it worked out. LOL. End story. <laughs> I can't say my parents ever told me that. Not that they would. I mean, it's not their business to tell me that, but thank you for sharing the story. Um, and to that, all I have to say is this. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. This is my handle. This is my spout. When I get all steamed up, I will shout, tip me over and fuck me hard. <laughs> Next story. Okay, read that one. Read that one. Uh, let's see. I, I swear to God, there was another story around here somewhere. Was that it? Hold on, bear with me. I read that story. I read that story. I read that story. I think I may have just read all the stories that I received. Let me check just to make sure. While I'm checking, um, yeah, that was all the stories. Um, one friend of mine wanted me to share a story of hers. Uh, her name is Anonymous. And um, I asked her to write it out because she's told me the story before. And I asked her to come up with some stories for me. And she was like, I can't think of any. And I was like, what about the micro dick one? And she said, yeah, use that one. And I said, well, can you like write it out for me so I can use your words? You will be anonymous, of course. And she didn't get back to me. What am I? Chopped liver? I'm a fucking pro. I'm famous. I get what I ask for. I get what I want. I'm a famous podcaster, writer, actor, musician, and philanthropic human being. I am a gentleman, a lover, and a scholar. And if I ask you to do something very nicely, God damn it, you do it. 
when I want it, the way I want it. Because I'm, you know, easygoing like that. But anyway, because my friend didn't write the story, I'm going to have to draw upon my memory as best I can. But I assure you, I'm not making this story up. I heard it about a month ago when she told me. Um, she was in Europe, I believe maybe somewhere around the Mediterranean. Well, she was at a bar and this 40 something year old Italian dude comes in. He's tall. He has great hair. It's long, straight, black, thick hair. Um, he's wearing a black leather jacket and this guy is just oozing with confidence. And so he comes up to her, my friend, and starts hitting on her. This comes to that. Um, they end up uh, going off together that evening to do sex. And um, so they get naked. She gets naked. He gets naked. And that's the first time in her life that she had ever seen or even known the existence of a micro penis. That is to say, the thing was about maybe two inches long. Like it was, you know, the penis head, and that's it. Plus, he was uncircumcised. So it was stuck, you know, it was behind a little sleeve of skin, a little, little micro penis. And um, and she didn't really know what to do with it, but she was also curious and into a novel experience. So she went ahead with it. And um, <laughs> and they had sex. But the thing is, he never got inside of her because he it couldn't get in. It wasn't long enough to get in. But he just kept basically dry humping her in a nude, nude dry humping her uh, until he came. And he was very satisfied with himself. And at no point was he embarrassed about his micro penis. She said that he knew what the fuck he had, but he kept oozing that, you know, Italian, Mediterranean, uh, <laughs> momismo confidence that he had. Um, and uh, I don't think they hung out after that, but... Yeah, she did it with the dude who had a micro penis, and it didn't do anything for her, but he got off. Um, so yeah, there's that story. And I think that's all I've got. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, 69, the sex episode. I thought I had more stories than that, but I guess that's it. Not so many people wanted to share their experiences as I asked. I don't know why. But anyway, I want to thank all the people who shared their stories. Um, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, be sure to share this show with your friends, family, loved ones, strangers. If you're not subscribed to this thing, subscribe and get other people to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, comment, like the videos you like, so on, so forth, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. And thank you again to the people who shared their stories. 
Their names in order are 